Part four, risk areas, food and water. In this lesson, we will focus on zoonotic diseases spread by food and water. While discussing foodborne illnesses with clients may be a bit more challenging than exposures to disease agents from animals or their environments, it is good to be aware of the risks and share with others when you can. Let's look at one example. You are a large animal practitioner in the Great Plains and a member of your state cattlemen's association. You stop by to help to set up for their fundraiser and notice that the person preparing raw burger patties is also chopping raw vegetables and filling water pitchers with ice without washing their hands in between. Hundreds of people from the community will be attending this event and you want to prevent a foodborne outbreak. What foodborne pathogens are you concerned about? How can you approach this situation? You are concerned, of course, about the cross-contamination of E. coli and other bacterial pathogens from the meat to the veggies and the ice cubes. So what recommendations could you make to the group? First, of course, is to raise awareness of the exposure risk for foodborne pathogens. Starting this conversation is, of course, challenging. You want to raise awareness of the risk for this individual as well as the group attending. You also want to address the rest of the food prep crew, but you don't want anyone to feel embarrassed. Fortunately, everyone there knows you are a veterinarian and you are a well-respected member of the association and community. You decide to have a little huddle among the group to go over tips and reminders for food safety. You begin with explaining that a large crowd is expected today and of all ages, and that there are important factors that everyone needs to keep in mind in order to prevent anyone from getting sick. After all, that would not be good for their future fundraisers and many other events that they have coming up this year. You explain the concerns for bacterial cross-contamination from raw meat to the vegetables and the ice for the drinks. Keeping these items completely separated will decrease the risk for foodborne illness. You should also discuss the importance of food safety through the proper use of refrigeration and cooking techniques, and of course frequent hand washing, especially in between tasks, after using the restroom, and before handling any food or beverage items. By making it a team effort to protect the community while also serving up some great food, everyone will feel a sense of responsibility for food safety. In addition to these tips, you can also recommend designating one person to be responsible for the raw meat and another person to be in charge of preparing the vegetables, and yet another the water pitchers and ice to prevent cross-contamination. Gloves should also be worn if they're available, but remind everyone that just because they have gloves on, it doesn't mean that they cannot spread bacteria. They should change gloves in between tasks and be aware of surfaces that they are touching. Make sure those cooking the food are using thermometers to check that the internal temperature of the meat reaches 160 degrees Fahrenheit. The grill may not have heat distributed evenly, preventing the hamburger from cooking all the way through, so it's important to confirm the meat is done. You can also discuss the importance of refrigerating food at the proper temperature of 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Putting timestamps on the food that has been set out so it can be discarded after two hours is helpful. Cleaning and disinfecting utensils and surfaces are also very important. So you discuss washing utensils, knives, and cutting boards with warm soapy water. Countertops, tables, and other surfaces should be wiped down with disinfectants to eliminate harmful pathogens. You understand that this is a lot of information, so you offer to hang posters around the food preparation areas to serve as reminders for anyone handling food and beverages. 
Of course, this scenario isn't limited to beef, so could also play out for pork producers, poultry associations, even sheep or goat events. Foodborne zoonotic pathogen exposures can occur from almost any type of food, especially those contaminated by fecal pathogens. This includes all kinds of meat, raw or improperly cooked. Even cooked meat can be a source of pathogens if it becomes contaminated before being eaten or is improperly stored. Meat may also be a source of parasites that are within the tissues. Examples include Toxoplasma gondii and Trichinella spiralis. Occasionally, pathogens may enter through breaks in the skin, such as from puncture wounds from bones. Raw or unpasteurized milk and other dairy products can harbor dangerous microorganisms, such as the fecal pathogens Campylobacter and E. coli, and bacteria like Brucella species can be shed directly into milk. The outer shell surface of eggs can be contaminated with feces, but eggs may also contain pathogens like Salmonella internally. Contaminated water is a potential source of bacteria and protozoal parasites that cause cryptosporidiosis and giardiasis. Animal urine is also a water contaminant and may be a source of leptospira bacteria. In addition to direct ingestion from food products, oral exposures may occur from contaminated hands or objects. This can be especially common for young children who have frequent hand-to-mouth behaviors or when eating or drinking in animal areas. Even fruits or vegetables can become risks if they are grown in a manner that they become contaminated by feces either directly or via contaminated soil. While communicating about food safety with clients can be difficult to initiate, it is especially important to discuss this topic with those that sell food products to the public. Proper handling and storage of animal products, ensuring refrigeration temperatures are maintained, as well as frequent cleaning and disinfection measures are important steps to minimize foodborne illnesses and provide safe food products to customers. Now that we've covered how you can be exposed to pathogens in food and water, let's review some zoonotic diseases that are spread by ingestion. Enterohemorrhagic E. coli 0157H7 is a type of pathogenic E. coli that causes serious disease in humans. Cattle and sheep are the main animal reservoirs, although the bacteria is also carried by other species, including domestic and wild ruminants, other mammals such as pigs, horses, dogs and cats, and birds. Shedding can be transient, intermittent, or long-term, but young ruminants are more likely to shed E. coli compared to adults. They are also more likely to become clinically ill. Transmission is fecal-oral, People become infected when they ingest contaminated food and water or have contact with animal feces or contaminated soil. In humans, once diarrhea develops, it may resolve within a few days or progress to hemorrhagic colitis. Hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS, occurs in a subset of patients with hemorrhagic colitis, usually children or others who are immunocompromised. HUS is characterized by acute kidney injury hemolytic anemia, and thrombocytopenia. Extra renal complications can also occur. Most children recover, but death can occur in patients with serious disease. Campylobacteriosis is a bacterial disease caused mainly by Campylobacter jejuni and Campylobacter coli. These pathogens are found in many species, including cattle, sheep, chickens, turkeys, dogs, cats, pigs, and others. Transmission is also fecal-oral, and contaminated or undercooked poultry is the major source of exposure for humans. Raw milk and other dairy products 
Other contaminated foods, such as unwashed vegetables, and untreated water can also harbor Campylobacter species. Direct contact with an infected animal is another possible route of transmission. Many healthy animals carry Campylobacter species asymptomatically, although enteritis is sometimes seen. Campylobacter jejuni is also a potential cause of abortion in sheep. In humans, gastrointestinal disease occurs ranging from mild enteritis to fulminating colitis. Immunosuppressed adults are particularly at risk of developing severe disease. Vaccines are available for preventing abortion in sheep, but not for enteritis in either animals or humans. Antimicrobial resistance in Campylobacter species is a serious problem worldwide, particularly for fluoroquinolones and tetracyclines. Trichinellosis, sometimes called trichinosis, is caused by ingestion of parasitic larvae of the zoonotic roundworm Trichinella spiralis, feeding uncooked meat or garbage to pigs, as well as access to infected wildlife carcasses are risk factors for trichinellosis in swine. Larvae typically insist in muscle tissue, and people and animals can become infected when they ingest undercooked meat. Larvae develop into adult worms in the intestines and lay their eggs, which travel through the arteries, to muscles where they insist, beginning the cycle all over again. Historically, pork was an important source of trichinellosis in the United States. However, most cases are now associated with wild game meats like bear. Infected animals are typically asymptomatic. People with trichinellosis may develop symptoms like headache, fever, chills, cough, achy joints and muscles, diarrhea, and vomiting. Most infections subside within a few months. Trichinellosis is not transmissible from person to person. Another important foodborne bacterial zoonosis is listeriosis. Most illnesses are caused by the ingestion of listeria monocytogenes in food. Bacteria are shed in the feces of many animals, and clinical disease occurs most commonly in cattle, sheep, and goats. Reproductive loss central nervous system disease, and septicemia in young ruminants can be seen. Ruminants typically acquire listeriosis by eating poorly fermented silage. People become infected when they consume contaminated food products, like unpasteurized dairy, especially soft cheeses, ready-to-eat refrigerated foods like deli meat, other raw meat or fish, and uncooked fruits and vegetables. Listeria monocytogenes can grow at cold temperatures and tolerate high salt and acid conditions in food. Clinical syndromes in humans include reproductive loss, septicemia, central nervous system disease, febrile gastroenteritis, skin rashes, and occasionally localized conditions affecting other organs and tissues. Most serious illnesses occur in people who are immunocompromised, debilitated, and or elderly, but rashes, gastroenteritis, and pregnancy loss often affect healthy people. People who are at risk should avoid consuming soft cheeses and refrigerated, ready-to-eat foods unless they are heated to steaming hot. Raw or unpasteurized milk and dairy products can carry a number of dangerous bacteria. According to a review conducted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in the United States, from 1993 through 2012, there were 127 outbreaks linked to raw milk, or raw milk products like ice cream, soft cheese, or yogurt. These resulted in over 1,900 illnesses and 144 hospitalizations. 
Most of the outbreaks were caused by Campylobacter, Shigatoxin-producing E. coli, or Salmonella. The bacteria in raw milk can be especially dangerous to people with weakened immune systems and pregnant women, but most cases affect children and teenagers. This map shows the distribution of the outbreaks linked to raw milk from 2007 to 2012. States in green permit the legal sale of raw milk in retail stores or farms. States where the sale of raw milk is illegal are shown in orange. Eggs can be another risk area for foodborne illness. Salmonella bacteria are carried asymptomatically by many animal species, including poultry. The bacteria can contaminate the inside of eggs before the shells are formed. Eggshells may also become contaminated with salmonella from poultry droppings. In people, gastroenteritis is the most common presentation in healthy adults, but systemic disease can occur, particularly in those who are immunocompromised, including children and the elderly. Salmonellosis is generally self-limiting in healthy people, although focal, extraintestinal infections and long-term side effects can occur. Salmonellosis is also an important foodborne pathogen for several meat products, including poultry and pork, and outbreaks have been associated with non-animal foods like peanut butter and fresh produce. Resistance to antibiotics used to treat salmonellosis in humans and animals, including fluoroquinolones and third-generation cephalosporins, is occurring in many parts of the world. Let's look at another scenario. You are a mixed practitioner in a small town out west. A client who just got started with a hobby farm is telling you about her hens and how productive they have been. She is also trying her hand at raising ducks, and a new shipment of chicks and ducklings just arrived. She mentions that her little niece and nephew are coming to visit this weekend. They are ages 2 and 4 and are excited to help their aunt collect eggs. Your client also expresses how the kids cannot wait to cuddle with the ducklings and chicks. What zoonotic diseases are you concerned about in this situation? You don't want to rain on your client's parade, but you also don't want her young niece and nephew to become sick from salmonella. Since your client is still new at poultry production, and this is the first time her young niece and nephew will be exposed to the experience of collecting eggs, this is an important learning opportunity to educate her on the risks of salmonella. Raise awareness by sharing the risk of salmonella from young chicks and ducklings, especially for children under the age of five. The children should be closely supervised while they are collecting and handling the eggs and when they are around the poultry to ensure that they do not put their fingers or other items in their mouth while they are around the birds. There can also be risks of injury to the young birds if the kids handle them roughly. Discuss the importance of them all washing their hands properly after collecting eggs and handling the birds, ensuring they lather for 20 seconds. So let's review measures to prevent zoonoses that can be acquired from food and water. First, frequent hand washing can definitely help prevent foodborne illness as well as from contaminated hands before eating, and as in the scenario when handling animal products such as eggs. Avoid eating or drinking in animal areas. Cross-contamination from dirty hands or animal feces or body fluids can serve as a prime exposure risk and further emphasizes the importance of washing hands before consuming food or water. In addition, do not consume unpasteurized milk, dairy, or juices. Pasteurization destroys potentially harmful pathogens including Salmonella, E. coli, Campylobacter, and even Coxiella burnettii. 
As we discussed earlier in the food outbreak scenario, safe food preparation is important to avoid foodborne zoonoses. Following the four steps of clean, separate, cook, and chill can prevent most foodborne illness situations. Different food products have different safe minimum cooking temperatures, as shown on this table. It's also important to use a meat thermometer to ensure the proper temperature is reached. In the next section, we will discuss zoonotic diseases associated with arthropod vectors and wildlife reservoirs.